Welcome to episode 176 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast, brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. And uh, we are, of course, a, a part of the Dorkening Network, which is why we're brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. I am Patsy the Angry Nerd. You can call me Patrick Rahal. I've been called way worse in life. And uh, I am, of course, here in the bowels of Magenta Manor in the Pat Cave. And with me, as always, my co-host on the show, my co-host in life, she is... The real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of wine, and the queen of the monsters, ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes Von Nightmare. Happy Halloween, everyone! I know what people are thinking. I'm ready to talk about Michael Myers. Yeah, you missed that one. I know, I was sick. (laughs) That made me really sad. Set your your podcast clock ahead an hour or a week. Oh, yeah. Fucking daylight savings Yeah, but we just got an extra hour. But did we really, though? We didn't gain an extra hour. We just we just got the hour that we I'm lost I'm just glad back. I don't work a night shift anymore. That, that would be sucked. awful. I mean, well, and that's the thing, too. If you do work night, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez actually sent out a tweet reminding people that if you do work the night shift, make sure that you check your pay stub and make sure that hour. you got paid for that extra hour that you ended up working. You just stroll out an hour early. So, yeah. <laughs> Bye, bitches. Um, yeah, so make sure you do, if you work the night shift, make sure you got paid because that is your hard earned time. You deserve to get paid for it. That's right. Everybody else was sleeping, but you were working. Uh, speaking of working, we have uh, a, a very hard working gentleman joining us on the show today. <laughs> well, I, I well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That. <laughs> he is one of the hosts of the. I mean, it doesn't feel like work to me. Well, but if you if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But uh, we are joined today by one of the hosts of the From the Canopy podcast. He is a fellow Raiders fan, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It is Corey from From the Canopy. <laughs> Hello, folks, and uh, thanks for having me. And also want to point out that the Raiders won this week. They did. So... They beat a quality team. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what happens. See, I have to deal. See, you you're in D.C., so you everybody just gets compared to the Redskins, so you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about anybody good coming around. But I have to deal with <laughs> Patriots fans nonstop, and I will tell you, I enjoyed the shit out of that Patriots game on Sunday. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, well, I don't know. I like I root for the Redskins a little bit, just for the simple fact that you know, being in this area. When the Redskins lose, which is often, mm-hmm. it's like the whole area goes into this deep funk, and and it's kind of contagious. It spreads throughout the region. You know, people are just a little ruder in stores, and traffic got, seems worse. So the, you got the Ravens, yeah. and the Nationals <laughs> just won the World Series. Oh yeah, that was good. That's good. Yeah, I couldn't attend the parade. I had to work that day, but um, uh, but yeah, that was awesome. You know, seeing them win, and also want to point out that the Mystics have a championship as well. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, uh, despite the fact that we live in New England where there have been, what, like 15 parades in the last two decades, um, mm-hmm. combined, we have made it to one. And that was and the only reason I made it to one was an accident. I was uh, I was working at a boarding <laughs> school at the time and I had to bring the uh, director of the boarding school to a doctor's appointment in Boston. And we're driving down the street, and all of a sudden, there's like no traffic anywhere. I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" And the entire 2007 World Series Red Sox team drove by in their duck boats, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's awesome!" <laughs> there's only been one parade that I've cared about, and unfortunately, 
as fate would have it, I did not have the opportunity to attend that parade back in 2011. 2011 so, Bruins. Yeah, I was hoping that they could bring another one home this past year, you know, to uh, so I could so I could actually go to a parade. I already had the day off. I went to my boss and I was like, at the at the beginning of the Stanley Cup championship run, I said, mm-hmm. uh, so when the Bruins win, I get the day off, right? He's like, you do what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is the correct answer, sir. I think he's, yeah. I think he's That's a good intimidated boss. by you, though. No. No, he's a good guy. Because you know you could, a... you could take him in, a, in, in, in fisticuffs. If you no, were like, sir, friends. I challenge you to fisticuffs. You'd be like, <laughs> I don't want none of well, this. Like, but he's Canadian, so he doesn't really want a confrontation to begin with. They don't and know how. And plus it's hockey, so he understands. Right, exactly. He's Canadian, so he's not about the confrontation. And Ooh, I'm not a boot he guy. understands that hockey is life. So yes. he's not going to stand in front of me and my need to hockey. Despite the fact that he's a Canadians fan. Well, he's not even a Canadians fan, though. He's uh, he's more of a Canucks fan. That's more towards the area that he. That's where he grew up. Grew yeah. up, so. In BC. So, well, instead of talking about him, but let's, anyways, let's talk go about hockey. Corey. Let's talk about Corey. <laughs> so, uh, Corey, for the folks at home who are maybe unfamiliar with you, uh, tell us a little bit about your show. Um, yeah. So I'm a host. Um, I guess the founder of From the Canopy Podcast, and um. We have several shows on our podcast, so it started off with me just kind of going in and talking about current events or stories that were interesting to me. But um, since then, it's branched off into um, shit. I think we've got like five shows now. So uh, we have the main show, which is the Front of the Canopy podcast, which is still, you know, current events, news, just wacky stories. I don't try to get too heavy, but, you know, sometimes life gets a little too heavy, so mm-hmm. you got to talk about certain things. But I try to keep it fun, light, and uh, most of all, at least informative. So whether you're entertained or not, you're going to learn something. And um, so that led to, um, I guess, what would be a, a very popular show. We have The Movie Massacre, because um, I think around the time when we started the show, um, I think um, maybe Black Panther was coming out and, um, you know, and a couple other things. So me and Cornelius, um, actually me and Bobby Blockbuster started it. So Bobby had some crazy things happen in his life. So maybe three episodes in, he, he you know, he had to disappear for a while. And so then I brought in Cornelius, you know, to fill in for him. And we just kept it going um, since then, you know, pretty much um, dropping almost weekly. At this point, we're definitely weekly. So we record weekly and we just put out reviews of the movies we've seen as well as movie news. And like I said, things branched off. So what happened, I guess the rapper Prodigy from Mob Deep died. And um, me and one of my friends, we did a show kind of just looking at his career, you know, and um, talking about his music and his impact he had on hip hop. And that led to the Bars Edition podcast. And so we do that as well. You know, that comes out. We talk about hip hop news and we do um, album reviews. And then um, what else? Gaming. I'm a big gamer. You know what I'm saying? I don't get as much time as um, I used to get. You know, I'm older now. I got work and, you know, I can't stay up late nights. Uh, without having that physical penalty of not being able to get up the next day. Mm-hmm. So, I but I, ya. yeah, but we do keep, I do keep up with the news and developments, you know, regarding it. So same thing, you know, we come in, you know, and um, talk about news, um, which is kind of getting crazy now. Just gaming has exploded billion dollar industry. We've got um, esports now and just um, all types of, you know, the streaming um, things such as uh, Twitch and Mixer popped up. So there's a lot of news involved with that. So we get together and we talk about what we're playing and um, news and developments. And um, I think that's it. There's one other show as well. So we just started doing another music-related uh, show. It's, it's hip-hop related. So 
Uh, we started going back, and uh, me and my uh, co-host Sean, we got two Shans on the network. There's one Sean that does the game um, show. Then I've got this other Sean <laughs> who does the um, the uh, we call it Friday Night Mics. So basically, we're reviewing all of the hip hop albums that got five mics in Source Magazine, and we're doing them in chronological order. So we started with, um, I believe it was a Run DMC album. You know, and then um, LL Cool J and, um, you know, just these guys first albums that the source rated five mics. And um, we're starting to get more current. We're still in the 80s, but we're going to start to get into the 90s, which is kind of the era, you know, that I grew up in where I was really aware of this stuff as a teenager and listening. And uh, so that's been kind of fun just going back through those and uh, listening to those albums, because um, I mean, I'm aware of a guy like Slick Rick, but I don't necessarily know. Um, the great adventures of Slick Rick as an album. You know what I'm saying? So it's given us an opportunity to go back when we're doing our research and listen to these things and try to put ourselves into the mind of, um, you know, when these things were being released and what was going on in the world. So, but uh, podcasting has been fun, you know? Yeah, it's definitely appreciate it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time. It's a, it's a fun way to get like your experience out there. And uh, for the, the folks at home, uh, the Cornelius he's referring to, the, our, our, uh, our audience knows and loves him as Evil Corny. Evil Corny. <laughs> or or great, evil, evil Horny when I've had a few too many wines and tried yeah, to say Evil, evil, evil corny. corny. He comes out as Evil Horny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's been kind of great getting to know Cornelius because I didn't. It's not like we were, were friends before this, but he was a listener of the podcast. I'm not sure how we got acquainted. Maybe we were, um, maybe Rick Ramos is watched this and comments were exchanged and friend requests. And then boom, next thing I know I'm doing a podcast with him. So, but it's been great just learning his personality. Cause he's, he's a little quiet at times, especially when we were first doing the show and I would get him on. It's like, so what'd you think about this? And I'm like, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, it's funny. We uh, we actually got a chance to meet him uh, a couple years ago. Last year, uh, last, last year's year. Rock and okay. Shock. He surprised everyone except for like a couple people. Two knew people he was who coming knew. up for Rock and Shock. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I knew. Stuff. He told me, so I was trying to keep it a secret and not. We no looked. Sport you surprise. Know, we were at the uh, the Deadite show, and I look over, and I'm like, I look at her, I go, that's fucking corny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, nah. And I was like, oh shit, dude. And I like, I was like, I was like, but I, nobody said anything about him up there. I'm like, well, maybe that that maybe that's not him. Maybe that's just somebody that looks like him. And I don't want to be like, hey, are you Cornelius? And they're like, no. It's like, oh, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, oh, what? We all look alike. Oh shit. No, you know, like then I'm gonna feel like an asshole. Like, yeah, I would have definitely hopped on my phone and got on Facebook real quick and just been <laughs> comparing the photos. <laughs> wait, 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 stay still for a minute. <laughs> well, I was trying to see how he was interacting with like our other friends that were there. I'm like, are they are they talking to them? Do, like, did they know him? Like, he looked at me like he knew me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. somebody would have fucking said something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it turned out to be him, and it was it was a fucking blast. Like, it was so cool to finally meet. He him. was complaining because we don't have the proper sweet tea up here. Oh, he was trying to order Ooh. sweet tea at, the, at one of the restaurants. He's like, they're like, yeah, this is what I'm looking for. They're like, so this. He's like, no. <laughs> they're like well we can we can give you an iced tea and then you can just put like 80 yeah. sugars in it and, he's like, yeah. and that's he what goes, he did that ain't a sweet tea 
Yeah, they they like it a little diabetic inducing down south. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was very particular about. But you know what? I would be the same way. Like if I were to to go into a coffee shop and they didn't make my coffee the way Duncan makes my coffee, mm-hmm. I'd be like, "What kind of shit is this? Well, what kind of coffee is this? Oh, that's sweet tea." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but it's kind of weird because, like, you know, immediately he was very relatable to me, man. Because, like, you know, I, half of my family is from the south. You know, my dad. You know, his side of the family, even my mom, but, um, but her family, you know, moved up here to this, uh, DC area and, you know, pretty much settled down. But I've always been going back and forth between both, you know, regions. So Cornelius was just like one of my cousins. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like that's, that's awesome. Like I'm glad you guys were able to hook up because you guys do a a good show. And, uh, Mm -hmm. we were actually on there a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun episode, man. That came out oh, great. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and that was like our first interaction with you, other than like stuff online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was really cool to have the opportunity to talk about sci-fi in horror, which mm-hmm. you know I think goes hand in hand. So if you guys haven't checked out that episode, you know we'll repost the links and stuff, but definitely check it out and check out all of the podcasts from the Canopy because mm-hmm. you guys do some really interesting stuff, and there's something for everyone. Yeah, we drop everything under the same feed. So if you go to From the Canopy, you know, I think it's from the canopy.podbean.com and boom, everything's in one feed. So once you subscribe, you know, they'll come out as they come out. I definitely know we're dropping a movie massacre every week. I'm just not sure which day. I try to drop it on Wednesdays, but sometimes I get tied up at work and it has to come out on a Thursday. Or sometimes I get, you know, my week is going a little faster and I could drop it um earlier in the week. But you know, once you subscribe to that feed, you'll get, you know, all of the shows as they come out and everything that we've done in the past is on there, including the um, Halloween episode, you know, featuring Throwdown Thursday. Um, that's on there, too. So um, October was busy. You know, I took on this load of just doing extra shows for Halloween and it was a lot. But I think we got five bonus episodes in as well as our regular, you know, content. Nice. So, yeah, and those came out fun. And we collaborated on most of those with other podcasters. So. Check it out. You might hear some of your other favorites on some of those episodes. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of uh, cross-pollination with the podcasting community. So, you know, check it out. You're going to hear some familiar voices. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we do, we do a little thing uh, called Getting Into Character where we ask you some random questions. And, okay. And uh, what we like to do is uh, it's kind of to help the folks at home get to know you a little better. And so mm-hmm. these have nothing to do with what we're talking about today, nothing to do with, you know, anything really, just random stuff. So I'm going to I'm going to start off if you if you are ready to to uh handle this. I think Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I think you can do it. So the 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 first question I have uh, cuz we were talking a little bit off air about like where where you're located in the country. Mm-hmm. Is there something uh in your region like, what specifically do you find commonplace that other folks, because we were just talking about, like, sweet tea and stuff like that, that folks from other parts of the country are like, really? That's really weird. We don't do it like that around here. Like, what's one of those one of those things? Um, I don't know. Like, I think one of the biggest things, at least food-wise and restaurant-wise from this area is known for, well, maybe two things. There's one called Old Bay. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people have adopted that, which is a spice flavor and seafood spice. Um, um, but it's definitely entrenched into this area. I think that's where, you know, the spice and the company originated at. But, you know, we're a big seafood area. You know, um, everyone knows Maryland for crabs, crab cakes 
And that's just the spice that goes on everything. And it's gone beyond seafood. People put that on popcorn. You can buy popcorn out here branded with um, um, Old Bay Spice. There's a Utz flavor that I think is only unique to this area. Utz puts out a special um, potato chip with the Old Bay, Old Bay um, um, seasoning on it. You can go to Five Guys and get Old Bay put on your fries. You know, it's crazy. And um, I guess the other one would be mumbo sauce. <laughs> so, And mumbo sauce is kind of controversial because D.C. wants to claim it. And it's probably the one reason, you know, it's, it's a popular wings um, wing um, sauce. So places like carryouts, um, you know, things like that, uh, restaurants. And it's crazy because Papa John's now offers a mumbo sauce wing option. You know what I'm saying? For the local uh, franchises. And I don't think you can get that anywhere else. So it's those are definitely unique to this area. I will say that I've not heard of either of those. So that's mm-hmm. something that's completely like foreign to me. If someone Yo, was like, you want some mumbo sauce? I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. You're, yeah, you got to have had Old Bay because Old yeah. Bay kind of has... It's, we, it's we gotten had, reach um, yeah, outside like, of we, the area. We've had like Maryland style crab cakes that have had it on it. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't tell you what it tastes like though, because we've had so many different types of crab cakes. I couldn't tell you which one is. I which. love crab cakes, so so when we come uh, visit, think um, uh, flavor. Um, I got a brother that um, I think he was overseas a few years ago in um, Afghanistan, and um, you know his MOS is um, cook. So, so, you know, I was putting together a care package um, to send to him. Um, he was pretty safe over there. He couldn't tell me exactly where he was, but I think there was action going on around him. But pretty much he's just on base cooking for everybody. And, you know, I was like, so is there anything you want? And he's like, yeah, I need um, deodorant and I need Old Bay. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't have access, access to like a package exchange or PX um, like they would here. So, yep. you know, they were just... Boom, you know, bare minimum, you know, just, you know, and it just killed me that uh, he wanted Old Bay. And I got like the biggest 10 I could find. I sent two of those to him. And it's kind of cool because it wasn't personal. So by me sending him that package, that means everybody on that base got some Old Bay. You oh, know, yeah. Four meals, so, oh, yeah. So that was kind of cool. You know? <laughs> oh, you, you made a lot of people's days with, mm-hmm. with that package. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> So my question also deals with food. Uh, we, we, we like food around these parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you are trying to impress a date and you are going to prepare them a meal. What is a meal that you would prepare? Um, I could make a mean lasagna. Like, oh. I, I really can. Like, okay. that's probably one of the few things. I mean, I could cook passably. I mean, it's not hard for me to follow directions cooking wise but i definitely get busy with the lasagna like i'm to the point now where every time i'm making i'm experimenting and just throwing different things in there but i could definitely make a good uh, lasagna and there's something like therapeutic about putting that together just the layering because it's, it's very meticulous oh absolutely. it takes a while you know you got to do everything and boom but um but yeah i love that really- i haven't done one in a while it's reminding me so we got a family gathering coming up in a few weeks and i'm definitely gonna make one but but definitely for a date i know i could kill him with that lasagna like i'm boom like i'm (laughs) I'm getting a lot of points for that (laughs) so so what is uh what is one of the flavor combinations that you've used like what is what is something that you've experimented with with the list in the lasagna department that that has come out a winner well the thing there's one thing that's consistent, and that's the sauce. I usually try to find like a nice chunky zucchini sauce, and Ooh, that'll okay. be the sauce. 
But as far as the meat goes, that can vary. It just depends on how I feel. Like, um, I don't think I can mess the meat up. So I definitely experiment. You know, sometimes it's ground beef. Sometimes it's turkey. Sometimes I'll chop sausage up and mix it, mix it with the ground beef and just, you know, play around with it like that. And also, now, now I started you're getting, speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, I started getting a little crazy with the toppings, you know, because, you know, sometimes, you know, that top layer, usually put some cheese, a little Parmesan or whatever, but boom, you can, you know, fry some bacon up, chop that up into little mm-hmm. bits and sprinkle it and, you know, maybe some breadcrumbs or like it, it's, it's so many things you could do with it. It's one of those dishes you could make it 50 times and it's going to come out 50 different ways, you know? Yeah, I get that. So it's, you know, it's wild. Man. It's making me want to cook, like just even talking about it. And I haven't <laughs> done that in a while, just, you know, because of the time. But, uh, but that's definitely one of my favorites. And another secret with it, it's cool when you first cook it, but the secret with, you know, a lot of the pastas and stuff, they're better the second day. Oh, absolutely. Know? Yeah, because pasta you, dishes yeah. just, I don't know if it's like a rule of thumb or something. It's almost like Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Like everything tastes better as leftovers. Yeah, I think it gives it extra time for the flavors to mingle and everything to just get absorbed and, you know, and just, you know, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I love cooking lasagnas. I, I know I could kill them with that. <laughs> but also, it's one of those things, I don't think that's going to be first dinner date food. I feel like you got to earn that a little bit. Cause yeah. That's, yeah, you don't that's... just give that away. You got to earn some trust. You got you to earn that lasagna. <laughs> yeah, because it, it takes a while, you know? You don't no, want to just is, be doing this for everybody. And... It is definitely a, a, a dish that's a labor of love, especially if you do it correctly, which it sounds mm-hmm. like you do. You know, there's, there's a lot of... of thought that is put into that process like anybody can throw together some noodles and sauce Mm -hmm. but like to really make a good cohesive lasagna like that's a that's a talent yeah definitely definitely (laughs) so i got uh we got one more question for you and uh you you mentioned earlier that you're uh you're big into gaming even though you don't get as much time as you would like to Mm -hmm. uh what's an upcoming game that you are really looking forward to and uh what system are you going to play it on? Um, I'm an Xbox guy. Like that's just what I got. And um, it's I mean I got all the systems right now. I got the Switch. I got the Xbox, the PS4. But the Xbox gets the most burn. Um, I may be looking to sell this Xbox. I mean the PlayStation. <laughs> so, so, uh, just uh, follow me on social media. You might get a deal. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, right now I'm really looking forward to that, um Star Wars Fallen Order. Um, oh, yes. I'm not sure what the release date is on that, but um, that November looks 15th. really good. Uh, let me see. I think EA is putting that out, and it looks like they've kind of redeeming themselves. Um, yeah, so that comes out actually on the 15th. Yep. And I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'll definitely probably be a day one purchase. Um, and it just looks exciting. You know, it's just a, a new story in that um, universe. And you're a guy running around with a lightsaber and you've got uh, Jedi Force powers. And it just looks like really fun. Now, um, that's also one that I'm looking forward to as well. And um, somebody asked at one of the uh, events where they were talking about the the game. They had the developer and everybody there. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, is this going to be like Knights of the Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic 2 where you can, you know, go down the dark side and experiment with dark side powers? And they said no because this is a canonical story and mm-hmm. this character is going to show up in other media. 
Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so what's really dope about that is, um, it sounds like we're also going to get maybe some kind of um overlap. You know, this character's story might play out in other character's story because I mean, maybe it's a spoiler, but maybe not. I mean, the video is out there, but I saw um a cutscene, and I'm not sure the character's name, but he was talking to uh Forrest Whitaker's character from um Sagarera. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, well, like, and he's got both of his legs. They're not. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this maybe we'll find out what happened to his legs because I don't think we got that from um from uh, Rogue One. This takes <laughs> place, uh, if I if I remember correctly, because the Mandalorian takes place five years after um Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, but 25 years before uh, Force Awakens. Oh, uh, okay. I think this takes place in between, like right after. Order sixty six, and but before uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. so it's like yeah. between Episode three and Rogue One, which you know is a few years before uh, New Hope. Mm-hmm. So we might be seeing some some people. And uh, <clears throat> speaking of potential spoilers, I came across yesterday. We were at Target, and I found. A, uh, they had this big 10-inch Funko of Boba Fett. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I picked it up and looked at it. He had black armor with, like, red markings on it. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> hey. If you're looking for spoilers, mm-hmm. Funko Pops is where you're going to find it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not wild now. Like, I they, mean, like, the, ruined, the toys in general. They ruined uh, Avengers Endgame with all the quantum stuff that they put out. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. but I mean, like typically, typically the toys are the where you're going to find the spoilers. Are where you're going to find the spoilers because they typically come out, you know, a month, sometimes two before. Especially the if film they've got lines of out. dialogue, right? Uh, you know, in order to capitalize on the films and start making money as soon as possible. And images leak. Um, you know, so I mean, and 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 sometimes you know it doesn't make sense until you see the film, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's why that you know that's that's that character, time, that's why that person, that character is in that be, uh, suit of armor or what have yeah, you. Yeah, there'll be like theories and stuff kicking around, like, oh, there's a rumor that this happened. Oh, but, the script but leak, Funko and then you see a toy. definitely does it a, a lot, yeah. and I understand wanting to put out some of the you know specialized merchandise. Well, I mean, you but, have to well, have this stuff ready, and a lot right. of times it's not in the stores it's leaked images from like their website because they have all their marketing and stuff mm-hmm. ready to go because they have the the toys and everything yeah, or like a warehouse could even you know i feel like if i'm just like this factory worker that's not getting paid a lot i'm taking my phone out every now and then oh shit look at this we're packing this up and hey, you know. buzzfeed uh you want some uh or, or who, who, no not buzzfeed deadspin Mm-hmm. Well, even like or or like a BuzzFeed or like a Huffington Post, something like that, like uh, those entertainment writers are always looking for something. They're hungry for like the, mm-hmm. the newest story. So if you have yeah. pictures <laughs> of stuff from a where like toys from a warehouse that are in the process of, the of being YouTube shipped channels. places. Yeah. Yeah. Like people will pay money for that. So mm-hmm. like you said, if you're like a disgruntled warehouse worker who's making minimum wage, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna sell the take those photos and sell them because you're gonna yeah. make a lot more money that way than you are, you know, working your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the last big one that I think that happened like that, I think it had to do with the um Captain Marvel figures. I think there were people were um, 
you know, figuring out stuff about, you know, like the cat's character based on the um the toys that were coming out. You yeah. know, they yeah, got yeah, the like cat the had Sam like the Jackson tentacles and, uh coming from its mouth and people were like, Well, yeah. a Jude Law's character too. That all of, yeah, and Jude Law's yeah, character yeah. and the different colors of her uniforms and stuff. You know, people were you know, people who were familiar with the comic books and stuff were kind of able to deduce certain things based on what they saw. So Lego sets too. Oh yeah. There was yeah. a Lego set that that uh, came out about a month. It leaked about a month before Endgame came out, and it was, uh, you know, battle at the Avengers compound, and it was mm-hmm. like, you know, Tony Stark and and this new outfit and Thanos, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. you know, like, oh, Professor Hulk, and it's like, what? Well, I mean, and, and not to mention you have, like you mentioned, all of these YouTubers and stuff who are trying to get the story as soon as possible. So mm-hmm. a lot of people have, you know, uh, uh, prior viewings to this before, like, anybody else gets to see it. And they'll put spoilers right in the headlines of or in the description of their, their you know, videos. Like, this happens and this happens. And I feel like mm-hmm. at this point I've just become so immune to spoilers. <laughs> like, I don't, well, I don't really care. I know some people are really like up in arms about it and stuff but like well, I, get- I just don't care anymore like I mean it's, it doesn't take away the fact that it's like well if I want to see it I'm still going to want to see it regardless I'm going to want to see you know how the spoiler plays out or how just certain things are affected or when people do sneaky spoilers because there was one it was about an hour before we were going to see Logan and I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed and there's a picture oh and it's and it's like Hostess Snack Cakes. It's like, oh, do you remember having these in your lunch? And you scroll down to look at the picture, and it's like, oh, you know, Professor X dies. <laughs> and it's like, fuck you! Yeah, that that was, uh, that like, was, this that was fucking cruel. Hostess Snack Cakes. You don't cruel. do that shit. Well, well let me, I, I got a question for you guys. How do you feel just about uh, movie coverage leading up to a film? Because I feel like like there's a certain point where i gotta check out like there's gonna be a point um as this next uh what is it rise of the skywalker mm-hmm. gets closer where i'm just gonna see that name or those words or an image and i'm just gonna scroll right past that mm-hmm. because i mean a film like that that i'm really anticipating and i don't want any spoilers for i'm trying to avoid everything so after that final trailer drops usually i check out sometimes i don't even watch the final trailer and i'll just That's- you know it's yeah, crazy. I was going to say, that's, that's the point that I've gotten to. Um, there are certain films coming out that I know are coming out, and I know that I'm just, you know, point blank, I'm going to want to see that, like the new Star Wars or any Marvel films that come out. It's like, you know what? You've got my money. I know I'm going to go see it. I know I'm going to want to see it. Um, you know, I mean, you, I, I, I see trailers just because I watch TV. You know, mm-hmm. I, you can't really... Uh, avoid everything but you know as far as like online media um you know different uh videos and different articles and stuff well, about i haven't the seen films, the terminator film but i, I know uh, everything that happens i you know <laughs> i i try to avoid that stuff as much as possible because you know it's uh, i know i already want to see the film i don't need mm. all of this backstory and i like to not know too much going into some films because i like to have that childlike surprise to mm-hmm. it, especially with a movie like Star Wars, something that I started watching as a child that yeah. really captivated my childhood. Uh, you know, I, I I want that surprise. And with the Marvel movies, like, you know, with with 
end, uh, Infinity War and, and Endgame, you know, we devoted 10 years of our lives watching these Marvel films and stuff. We mm-hmm. were so invested. It's like, I've, I'm, you know, I've wasted so much, not, not wasted, but you know, it's like, I've spent so much time on this. Like, I don't want any spoilers. I want to, I want to give it its proper due. So, you know, I try to, I try to avoid it as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough sometimes, but it is. It is, but you know, um podcasts do a really cool job doing stuff, so Yeah, so you know, check out our shows. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug right there. Yeah, that, that'll fill the time um, you know, until uh, Rise of the Skywalker is released. So yeah. <laughs> Listen yeah. to some podcasts. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I know on Shark Bites we're gonna be doing nine weeks of uh of of Star Wars shows, so you know, yeah, we're going to be doing some stuff on Throwdown Thursday as well. I'm sure Movie Massacre is going to be talking about, you know, the Star Wars stuff. And we'll probably have some crossover stuff as well. So it'll be cool. Oh, yeah. It'll be really cool. Yeah, that's what's up. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. So with that, uh, I think we're going to take a, a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get into our main discussion. And today we are doing something really yeah, cool, like really different. Something we've been talking about for a while. So. Uh, stick around and we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Does the fact that Halloween is over got you down? Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! Then you need the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. Saturday, November 9th at 6 p.m. at Platinum City Gaming in Taunton, Massachusetts. Ah! Sudden ubiquitous George Michael Christmas anthem. If, like us, you live the horror life all year long and you're already tired of the inundation of holiday cheer, then join us as BMG Events, in cooperation with It Came From The 508 Production, will be showcasing local horror films including the world premiere of It Came From The 508's The Box. In between showings, you may enjoy the many games Platinum City Gaming has to offer, purchase one of their horror-themed drinks at the bar, Get some treats at the concession stand, check out the amazing vendors that are bringing you spooky products, and enter the raffles to win some creeptastic prizes. Admission is $10 at the door or through the link on the Facebook event page. And you must be 18 or older to attend. And remember... ...is to go to the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, star of Sci-Fi Channel's Megalodon. This is Emma. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. Hey guys, this is James Thomas, director of Megalodon. Hi guys, this is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. 
Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. And you're listening to Patsy the Angry Nerd and Ashes Von Nightmare. And you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. I hope you enjoyed those new ads because one of them is only going to be around for actually, not much this, longer. This is the last time you're going to hear it. Is this is this show? So uh, I hope you enjoyed the uh, the ad for the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. But uh, today we're doing something a little different. This is something that we've been talking about doing for a long time. Uh, we've been talking about getting into talking about historical figures and you know their their real history. Ugh, excuse me, their real <laughs> history as well as how and, and the difference between how history regards them and how they've been portrayed in uh, popular culture and, and various media. So today, uh, because the movie just came out, we're actually going to be discussing Harriet Tubman. And in doing research, and I know, Ashes, you found some of this. Uh, Corey, I don't know how much of this you already knew um, because you live in a different region from us. Well, she's my favorite, um, I guess, um, black historical figure. Okay. You know, like she's always been, you know, even before, you know, you know, you guys brought this uh, podcast to my attention. She's awesome. Um, I learned a lot of stuff, like because what they teach you in school and like her full history. Well, yeah. And I kind of want to touch base on that. So I um, I think some of us know, like I grew up, I'm a I'm a military brat. I'm an Air Force brat. So um, kind of grew up, you know, and in, in learning in different regions and what have you. So. I remember going to school in Texas and we learned about Harriet Tubman. I think it was either like, I think it might've been fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't learn much about her. They didn't really touch much on the civil war. Uh, well, there and, was no Texas at that point. Definitely not. But what I'm saying though, is that, um, you know, the the winners write the history books. So mm-hmm. sometimes what you learn in your history books, especially U.S. history books, oh, yeah. tend to be rather biased. So um, I remember living in Texas. My history books were definitely, you know, there was some stuff about the Civil War. Very much favoring the Confederacy. Which isn't surprising. Right, not surprising. Yeah. But again, and there then, was no Texas at that point. Well, no, no. But again, <laughs> Texas is in the South. Right. Yeah. And so, Texas it, kind of has been taking a task recently for just controversial textbook, you know, choices. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, yeah. the kind of books that they use for their curriculum. People watching the Flintstones like it's a goddamn documentary. But like I remember, <laughs> so I actually moved up to Massachusetts in the middle of fourth grade. And those textbooks had a lot more. They were slightly more unbiased. Again, well, I mean, like the North one, so obviously mm-hmm. they would be. Um, but And having some more information because there was almost like a sometimes it almost felt like a um, like a communication gap because uh, but it was a learning gap from what I was learning down there. Like I was ahead in, in some things. I was behind in some things. Um, but history was definitely something that I kind of had to like get a grasp on because the history books definitely differed and what I learned even up here in my history books throughout the years is definitely different from the information that I found that there's there's more information about her that is out there than what I learned in school Mm -hmm. see up here you know because I've lived up here my whole life like a lot of what you read about you know especially where You know, you're you're going to get the history mostly of where you're living. And like you said, you know, you were living in Texas at the time. There was no civil war in Texas because, like, I would imagine had you stayed down there, you would have learned a lot about the Alamo. Well, I did. Right. And you probably would have learned. Hashtag remember the Alamo. You probably would have been an expert (laughs) on the Alamo. We didn't learn about the Alamo. There was a passing mention of it. I've been to the Alamo. I can show you pictures. I learned about Alamo from uh, the Davy Crockett Disney movie. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get Alamo other than that. That was on like a Saturday afternoon or something. It wasn't in the curriculum. Up here, we learned, you know, because there was a lot of revolutionary history that happened in Massachusetts, you know, Lexington and Concord, Paul Revere. One if by land, two if by sea. We well, I mean, a well, yeah. I mean, like Massachusetts stuff. is one of the original thirteen colonies, so there's a lot more American and history. And a lot of in the this. fight, the Boston Tea Party, like right. there was a heavy concentration of revolution massacre, history. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't much Civil War history that we learned about. So Harriet Tubman was almost like a passing, uh, a passing thing. Although we did learn some, uh, some of the songs. Like follow the drinking gourd, you know, like which was uh, wait in the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We actually sang those in music uh, class. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Too. You know, when you do like the the, the chorus concerts and stuff that <laughs> the entire class has to participate in. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but kind of just piggybacking on that. Uh, in college, we had some exchange students. And we got into a discussion one day just talking about the differences between learning, you know, education overseas, over in Europe and what have you, and the education system here. And they were uh, almost appalled by our history, especially our history books. It's like, first of all, you guys have way more history. Well, I mean, there's there there is that there is that, but again, like I said, the winners write the history books. So American history is very biased when it comes to like their own history. And and mm-hmm. to be honest with you, if you want to learn the true American history, go to another country and learn it because a lot of these books are very convoluted and I don't want to say full of themselves, but I'm going to say full of themselves. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I think that. You know, a lot of people that grow up in other countries, 
they know more about us than than we know about them. You know, they know oh, more absolutely. about our own. Well, I mean, and, and sometimes and, they like, know more crazy. about us than we know about well, that's us. Literally, what he yeah, just yeah, said. a lot yeah. of yeah, that's <laughs> that's literally what he just said. Yeah, I although I will say, you know, I would be interested to attend a high school history class in Germany or Italy. Yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how that goes down. It's like, yeah, yeah these guys like, kick their ass. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, do you get into know. much detail? Right. Or, mean... or Vietnam. Well, yeah. Viet- Vietnam, mm-hmm. you know, we don't... What we learn about Vietnam is a, a lot of the protest stuff. But, I mm-hmm. mean, coming up with, you know... Um, uh, Corey, I'm sure you're you're familiar with this, but Tulsa 1921... Mm-hmm. And uh, that's wild because I didn't learn that in school. Oh, you know, you would. You <laughs> yeah. would. That's it's something, something that's... That, that I had to learn, you know, afterwards. It's one of those things, I guess, you know, some like in some ways, you know, Harry Tubman's story that just kind of gets overlooked or it's not, you know, emphasized or brought up, you know, in, in a regular school curriculum or setting. It's not something that the country is proud of. So it's not something that's going to get brought up, even though it is, uh, I would say, probably the worst terrorist attack that has ever occurred on U.S. Yes. soil. And I'm <laughs> including uh, 9-11 because this was a domestic thing there, and there was no reason for mm-hmm. it. There was yeah. no there, there were no first responders or any of that. Like, that, they just got massacred and wiped People out. People were literally and, being bombed! And yeah. It, see, um... It's crazy because, you know, um, I forgot the, um, to bring up the other show we do. We do a show called Cable Killers where we talk about television and streaming platforms. And we were talking about Watchmen that actually brought up that Tulsa attack. And it was just crazy to me, like, you know, having read about it later, but to actually see it depicted, like, that's just the whole scene just looked wild. You know, even though I knew about it, but seeing it depicted, you know, even though it was fiction, but like, that was just crazy right there. Yeah, and, and a lot of people didn't realize that that was a real thing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, honestly. Yeah, because it no doesn't idea. get taught in schools. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just one of those things. And, like, uh, I mean, there's a couple other things. Like, um, I mean, you look at the the move um situation. I guess there was a group that were kind of, you know, following the Black Panthers just as far as community activism. And they fell afoul of the city of Philadelphia. And they were basically squatting. And they actually got bombed. You know, mm-hmm. this happened in, uh, it wasn't that long ago. It might have been the early 80s or um, I thought it was like 70s. the late 70s, yeah. Yeah, but the city officials, um, you know, um, police, they bombed like a whole city block, destroyed it. It was crazy. It was wild, man. It was like a siege situation. But yeah, yeah, that's like, like you know, to your point, man, like um, a lot of this history, you're not going to get it in schools, you know? Yeah. So what would you say? Because I know what the number one thing that surprised me learning about Harriet Tubman, I know what it is, but I w- I'm going to I want you to uh, go first, Corey. What was the number one thing that you found out that you were like, oh, my God, like I had no goddamn clue about this? Um, there was a lot. Um, I mean, just her story in general, but I think one of the things that, um, you know, was brought to my attention was, um, I mean, I had kind of heard about her, uh, military service, you know, during the Civil War, but I just didn't know how involved that it got. Like, I think she might have been, um, 
I believe, um, hold on, what does it say here? Um, uh, there was an interesting stat about, uh, um, you know, her military thing, but she was a scout for the Union Army, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she actually, um, led a raid, you know what I'm saying? On a, um, she was uh, the first military American facility. Woman. Yeah, first American woman to lead troops into battle, and she was called yes. the Black She Moses. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, that's wild to me, you know. So so this is a person too, like if you dig you know, past the um story of her, you know, helping slaves run away, there's a lot here. And that's why so I think much. she endures to this day, is just this um larger than life, you know, character, you know, or person, not even a character, <laughs> you yeah, know, this larger real- than life figure of American history. Yeah, Wait, how, I was, about, how about you? Well, I was telling you earlier. I was like, if you thought Harriet the Spy was a little white girl, you are you are correct. But it's also Harriet Tubman. You mm-hmm. know, I had no idea that she served as a, as a as a spy in the Civil War. I had no idea her involvement in the Civil War. You know, we know the Underground Railroad Mm -hmm. and how impactful she was with that. She saved the lives of 70 people. Um, Just her personally. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, just her personally Mm -hmm. saved the lives of 70 people via the Underground Railroad. But I had no idea that she went on to, I believe she started as a cook and a nurse in the Mm -hmm. Civil War. And they recruited her as a spy to infiltrate these plantations to not only to, to, to recruit more of the slaves. So dissent. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, she like you said, she ended up pretty much spearheading this whole infiltrate thing. And that just blew and becoming the first woman, not even like first, you know, woman of color, but just first woman to ever do anything like that. My mind was blown. I mean, we we knew Harriet Tubman was something special. And she mm-hmm. is, but it's like you know, she never quit. She did not stop. And, yeah, and we'll get into her later life, right? Right. But then, but you know, for her to go on and her involvement in the Civil War, have a mm-hmm. hand in saving hundreds more lives, of you know, yeah. and freeing hundreds more slaves. Like I just, she's amazing. She's incredible. So for me, and it's funny that Corey, and used, she's only five foot. I was going to say Corey used the term "larger than life." She was five feet nothing. Mm-hmm. You know. It's like I, 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 I jokingly call myself the five three of fury, but she is like the five feet of phenomena. I, like I wrote she down really she is. was uh, the first thing I have in my notes is superhuman. But the thing yeah. that stood out to me, and I don't know if you guys found this in your research, mm-hmm. but the thing that stood out to me, number one, her name isn't Harriet Tubman. It's Araminta Ross. Everyone mm-hmm. called her Minty. Mm-hmm. Yes. She took the name Harriet, when she uh, married John Tubman, her mother's name was Harriet. She took her mother's name. And can we just talk about John Tubman for a moment here? So he was a free man mm-hmm. and he was useless. He did not support her freeing of slaves. He did not support the Underground Railroad. He didn't do anything. He was against it to the point where he actually went off and married another woman. Well, she married yeah. uh, Nelson yeah, it, Davis it's wild. in like, um, I don't know. Like, um, like you also got to look at the times, you know, they were living in because, like, these were really brutal times. You know, as far as just, you know, you don't have that. 
you know, that sense of personal space. And, you know, you're dealing with people who, you know, when they do, you know, cross lines or, you know, there's an instant reprimand, there's physical, there's beatings, there's torture, you know, a lot of deprivation. So I'm not sure if I could, you know, fully fault the, um, the husband's position. Cause like, he's also dealing with these brutal times as well. And, um, one of the things that comes up is, you know, she had to convince a lot of these people to run, you know what I'm saying? Just because of the indoctrination of living this, you know, slave life, like it, it could probably do a number on a person, you know, well, so, no, so it's, it's an institution absolutely. of fear. Like right. anybody, no, like, I, Oh, I, you dropped this plate of, you know, this, this pitcher of water. Now you're going to get, you know, whipped. Well, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and going, you know, kind of going into that. So I know Harriet was born into slavery. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea uh, the fact that she actually suffered head uh, head injury yeah, at the 13. hands of her, her plantation owner. It wasn't her, it wasn't her um, plantation owner. It was an overseer. From, yeah. Uh, uh, I believe a different plantation. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, growing up, she didn't have both of her parents, her her mother was on one plantation and her father was on another and they were hours apart, miles apart. And but um but well, let me get back yeah, yeah, to yeah, that because that's an interesting um thing right there. Cause um um I guess you know during the fight with that overseer and the slave that he was trying to you know take in, like a heavy object was thrown and hit her in the head. And that kind of um led to a lifelong issue of her having sleeping spells. She pretty much became narcoleptic, you know, she could just and I you believe know, she had epileptic epilepsy, too, yeah, yeah, because she was known yeah. for having seizure episodes. Yeah, so at any moment, so imagine that you're doing all of this dangerous work of just running through these, you know, you're wanted, and you're trying to free other people, but at any minute, you're the guide, you're the leader, you could just pass out and be out for minutes or hours, you know what I'm saying? And, and there's no medication for that. Yeah, it's it's so crazy to me when you think of how insane this is, man. Like, I just can't even imagine it. Like, it's... It's wild. Like, it's, it's phenomenal what she was able to do. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> the object that she was hit with was a two-pound weight that they would use to counterbalance, uh, to kind of uh, gauge, like, produce or, or feed or whatever. Like, you'd put the, the, the produce and stuff on one mm-hmm. side, and there was, like, a, an iron weight that would be put on the other side. And it's like, okay, you have two pounds of carrots or you have three pounds of grain. Mm-hmm. That's what she was hit with was one of those two pound lead weights, and you think, oh, two pounds—that's not much, but you know, if someone were to take a baseball and whip it at your head, yeah. baseball weighs a lot less than two pounds. Um, I mean, for what I understood, it left like a visible mark on her head, like pretty much that was like a skull fracture, yeah, and and there was a dent and a scar. Like you could probably even see a little. I mean, there's not many pictures of her still, but I think there's an older picture of her, and you can kind of see. Like kind of a mark around the brow area, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, that's wow. Well, I think dude. above like, her her eye, like. Mm-hmm. But to to know that, and to still go through what she went through, anyways, and she just didn't see these travelers through the mm-hmm. underground railroad. She created some of these paths, these trails that they used, mm-hmm. and. She was very, very smart, very smart. She would typically move during the winter when she knew that most people would be indoors so they wouldn't be seen. And mm-hmm. she would start their trails, their their movement on a Saturday because everyone had Sunday off to go to the church mm-hmm. and stuff. So 
you know, they wouldn't be, if they were missing, they wouldn't be seen. They wouldn't be noticed until Monday when they didn't show up to do what they were Mm -hmm. supposed to do. And, um, she also would sometimes take the plantation owner's horses. So even when they realized, Hey, where are my slaves? They had no way of going and getting help or seeing where they were because they didn't have their horses. Yeah. And she, she escaped. And this is one of the things uh, that I also learned. I thought she was instrumental in creating the Underground Railroad, mm-hmm. but it had already it was in existence, yeah. and that's how she escaped. She that was uh, mm-hmm. right eighteen forty nine. She escaped from Poplar Neck to Philadelphia uh, through the Underground Railroad. Railroad. She was mm-hmm. uh, so she was about twenty seven. She was born in eighteen twenty two. Yeah, so she was yeah. instrumental in actually creating new lines through the Underground Railroad. Um, I forget the year, but they actually passed a law where it was, uh, if you were found to be a slave in a northern state, you had to be returned. It was uh, 1850, so um, before it was like, um, was I guess the Fugitive the Slave War, Act, that's what it was called. Yes. But before it was like Dukes of Hazard. if you could make it to the next county... Then you're safe. But, you know, once this passed, it meant that slaves could be taken from anywhere in return, you know, anywhere within the U.S. Uh, territories. And um, that's kind of interesting because I feel like that would lead to further exploitation where, you know, free men were getting snatched up in places. Oh, they I were. Mean, not, not, yeah, that would lead to like the 12 years of slave story where you had a free um, black man and he was snatched up by. You know, these people, they just knew they could take advantage of that Fugitive Slave yep. Act. And they would just, you know, send them to somewhere to some guy who was like, all right, I'll give you some money for him and boom and send them to somewhere else. But uh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And she was actually responsible for rerouting because I believe it came out in Pennsylvania. And that, yeah, that was that was the free territory was if I can get mm-hmm. you to Pennsylvania, you're free, you're good. Mm-hmm. But she actually rerouted it to Canada. So mm-hmm. not only, I mean, like to another state, but another continent. I mean, country. you know, it's, yeah. But that also country. like extended the journey because, I mean, she was stealing people from um, um, pretty much Maryland. And all she had to do was get to Philadelphia. And then from there, they could be safe and go to other places. But that, you know, that, what, 120 mile journey suddenly became hundreds more, you know, to get to Canada. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's but crazy. it's not like. You know, again, this was, you know, a lot of this was, you know, woodlands and swamp. And yeah, this hard travel. It's by foot. Hop on a car. Right. It was all by foot. And, you know, you have people of every age. You know, she she, herself, when the Civil War started, she was in her 40s in a time where people really didn't live to be that long. Well, and I was Mm going to say, you know, she would actually sedate the babies so that they wouldn't cry when they were making their their journey. Just give them a little And she was always packing because not only for for, you know, personal Mm -hmm. safety, but uh, to keep those who may have had any hesitation, any thoughts. Yeah, like maybe I should go back. She'd be like, Mm -hmm. bitch, you are dead already. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and um, like you go back, but, you're dead. So you might as well keep moving forward. Right. Yeah, because um, I mean, there's a quote often attributed to her. I don't know if it's accurate or not, but she said, you know, you know, for all the slaves are freed, 
could have freed more if they knew there were slaves. And that's just speaking on to the people that were so indoctrinated, you know, into the system or just so afraid of repercussions if they were caught, you know, that they were hesitant to go or, you know, maybe, you know, let's turn back. You know, this is getting too crazy. But nah, there's it's no turning difficult. back. You know? it's, it's Well, I mean, I think some of it, you know, has to do with Stockholm syndrome. When you're born into it, you don't know any other type of lifestyle. You don't realize that this is wrong. So when you are with a group of people who are like yes we're 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 going to get freed we're going to do this we're going to risk our lives and stuff i'm sure that there were several people who were like well i'll go with the herd kind of like have like a herd mentality but still it's like well you know my my mistress is nice to me you know my 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 owner doesn't beat me as much as yours does so i can see why you would feel that way but mm-hmm. you know my my mistress makes sure i have food and and whatnot so i mean like i'm i'm sure and that's the other thing like what you know you're looking at like okay well i know here my life sucks mm-hmm. but i'm going to have three meals and a place to sleep i go north what do i have it's like yeah. you would have the I same mean, thing, but there's a that. And, and I think a lot of fear, too. I mean, you're also oh, seeing what happens to people who have tried to run mm-hmm. or you're looking at the punishment they're getting and, and how, you know, like, I mean, we saw Kunta Kinte get his foot chopped off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is that going to happen to me if, if we just fail at this? Yeah, it's, it's a wild time. It's, it's crazy. No, you're absolutely right. Like, that's one of the one of the most difficult parts of this, you know, like that quote you were saying, like they have to know they're slaves. It's like, I think they understood that they were slaves, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, the odds of success, you know, it's a 120 mile journey, but it's like, there's wild animals. It's in the winter. Like you were saying, it's a lot of night traveling. You're going to be cold. Ew, You're like, not going to have we, blankets. What if You're we freeze to death? What if we run out of food? What if we get caught? You, you don't know? have weapons. Not yeah, everyone. It's... Yeah. Not everyone was built for that. Unfortunately, yeah, it's more against you than, than, than right. <laughs> yeah. seem like the very overwhelming. Are, yeah. The odds are very you much, know, which is you. why we know that she was able to free 70 people, but we don't and, know um, how many, you and know, that was 13 trips over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also another point I want to make because oh, I feel like, do. you know, with that Fugitive Slave Act, that probably created an industry uh, and just fueled, you know, more people out there that knew that they can, you know, there's profit for going to collect these slaves, you know, these runaways. And you know what I'm saying? So whether they that, were runaways or not. Yeah, like that was a career, even, well, even just the regular people that were trying to get away, because I'm pretty sure that was common, but you've got guys that that's their whole trade, which is crazy to me that you could just make a a job. That's a job, slave catcher. You know, that's a job title. They had so much business. A person could just go into that business for decades, you know, just, you know, tracking down runaway slaves. Yeah, it's almost like like a bounty hunter. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So imagine how many body hunter <laughs> operations popped up right. after the Fugitive Slave Act. That's crazy. and it's not like they had you know a, a vast network of of uh, social media where you could say, "Oh, this is the picture of the person we're looking for." No, they were mm-hmm. crudely drawn sketches. Yeah, this guy looks, you know, close enough to what we're looking for. Let's grab mm-hmm. him. He must well, be I the mean, runaway you know, slave. When there's a lot of racial profiling that went on. It's like, well. Mm. You're well, a black guy. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm looking for a black guy. You're a black guy. You'll well, do. I'm looking for a black guy with a scar above his right eye, and you know uh, he's missing a tooth. Well, I don't have a scar, and I'm 
I'm not missing mm-hmm. a tooth. Well, right, you, you but you're will black. be. Yeah, you're black. but you will be when I'm done with no, you. It doesn't, yeah, it's, not even that. It's, it's wild. And, and think about that. There's probably you know just dubious owners who were like, fine, like at least they brought me back a slave. It's not the guy that yeah. that I'm that I'm missing, but they yeah, don't I, care I, I who replace it is. That body. They just want, yeah, exactly. They want the body. They just want the hands. They want the work. Yeah, yeah it's wild. It's a wild time. I mean, and um, but. That's also a thing, too, about her life. You know, once she decided to run and flee, she was the most wanted, you know, one of the most wanted people for a long time, pretty much until maybe the end of the Civil War. And I'm pretty sure there's probably people who, if they had an opportunity after that, to you know put hands on her they probably oh, would have, absolutely. You know? and that's what's so crazy she was so wanted and mm-hmm. yet she didn't back down from any of it she was still visible she was still you know infiltrating these plantations and doing what she needed to do in order to you know accomplish what they set out to accomplish and i think that's just crazy like i mean i i i I like to think that I would do something like that, but I don't know if I'd be able to do something like she yeah. was amazing. No, I, yeah, this is crazy bravery. Like I, I can't, you know, there's no other way to explain it. It's just amazing. Oh yeah. She's superhuman. Like that's, uh, I do want to touch on a little bit about, <clears throat> cause we, we mentioned that she was the first American woman to lead troops into battle, mm-hmm. but I want to talk a little bit about this. And I learned this, of all friggin' places, drunk history on YouTube. This I've is heard where about I learned that about that episode is phenomenal. She's played so, by Octavia Spencer. Yeah, I was, by the gonna, way. I was just gonna mention that. Like Octavia Spencer is the one who portrays her, and she does such a great job. Not to, I, I actually really enjoy Drunk History. Um, I think it does a really good job of portraying certain moments in history in a very entertaining way. You know, the people are drunk when they're telling you about what's happening and stuff. But like there's one about Mr. Rogers and how he uh, fought for um, funding for PBS and kids programming and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and and Oops. this one again is just equally as entertaining. But you, I've learned so much from this episode that I, this mm-hmm. is actually where I learned that she was Harriet the Spy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. one of the things that she had done in her many many trips back and forth, uh, freeing slaves, was she learned that there were mines placed in the rivers because you know they uh, a lot of the slaves had to cross rivers in order to escape mm-hmm. certain plantations. And so because of all her travels, she knew where all the mines were. And in her work as spies, she found all this out. And so she would go to the generals and say, hey, you know, when they finally decided they were going to have this huge offensive, they took some boats and she's leading the charge and they're going down the river. And I, I can't remember the name of the river. I thought I had it written down, but I don't. She, they're, they're going down the, the river. The Cumbie. Cumbie. Something like that, the yeah. Cumbie, I think it's like the the it's it's spelt weird. Yeah, the Cumbie River, yeah. But it's the Cumbie River. It's like C U M B I E. So they they're going down the river, and she's like, okay, you know, move here. She drew a map. She was illiterate, but she drew a map, and she's like, okay, these are where the mines are. These are where you know this is safe travel. And they would stop. A shit ton of soldiers would come out. They would burn the plantations, grab the slaves hop on the boat and move to the next plantation. It mm-hmm. was awesome. Like yeah, she's they doing had, hit and run. Yeah, <laughs> like it, a, it really was. It was like a hit and run and the, the yeah, plantation. Guerrilla style tactics like this, this is amazing. <laughs> and they had no idea what was going this on. This little 
five-foot woman who's probably like in her mid-40s, maybe even like late 40s, early 50s at this point. She was born in 1922, and the Civil War was still going on until 1965. She was in her early 40s during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, she also helped John Brown uh, recruit some supporters for his raid on Harper's Ferry. Um, I think he failed at that, man. John Brown was this abolitionist, and he just went on a rampage. Uh, I think he killed a few plantation owners and, you know, had a band of slaves running with them. And I think they planned to take um Harper's Ferry. And I think that was kind of a uh, munitions uh, dump or yes. a storage uh, facility. And they failed at that, though. I think somebody ratted them out. <laughs> I mean, not not every single, you know, offensive is going to be successful, but she mm -hmm. she was. Yeah, uh, Brown was actually convicted and hang, uh, hanged for treason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, didn't work yeah. out for me. I mean, he, he. I mean, the thing about Brown was he definitely gets props for having the, uh, you know, the gall to even try it. You know what I'm saying? To oh, try to yeah. overthrow, yeah. you know, these people. But he just didn't have a good plan, man. He was running off a lot of emotion and just, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, that was fueling him versus really having a planned, thought out strategy and shit, man. But hey, he tried. Yeah, well, apparently Tubman was quoted as to telling a friend he done more in dying than a hundred men would in living. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they uh, she once the war was over because you know I like the fact that we covered a lot of what happened during the war, but that's not it. It's like, right. And, but wait, more. there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. So afterwards, she established a school. She established a school. She. For freedmen and women. Because she herself was illiterate. Right. So she wanted to give everyone the opportunity to get an education. And that was part of the, the reason, like, you know, we don't want the slaves rising up against us because they outnumber us three to one in the South. So let's mm -hmm. not give them a chance to read or write so they can formulate plans. And Harry Tubman's like, ah, fuck all of y'all. <laughs> Uh, she was kind of big too Just in uh, the women's rights uh, movement At the time you know Yeah, that's yeah I, she I joined forces that. with And this is um, one of the reasons why I You know uh, admire her Like pretty much anyone who was involved In the wo women's suffrage movement um, yeah, She hung out with Susan B. Anthony Yeah like you know I owed a, a, a Debt of gratitude to um, and that's one of the reasons why Harriet Tubman as a car uh, as a person means so much to me is, you know, after doing all of this, she could have been like, well, it's time for me to retire, you mm -hmm. know, hang up my shawl. I've done enough. Like, no, she, that, she that, that, did that when she first escaped, that's uh, what yeah. was amazing to me. She never had to go back. But right. Right. So selfless. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to find too much of this in nowadays or historically where someone has just been so much for the people you know she put herself last and, and you crazy. know the uh the gentleman of the time uh clearly um appreciated who she was and what she did because she married uh nelson davis in 1869 so she was about 47 because mm -hmm. they know historians uh, are pretty sure she was born in 1822 but they don't have like an exact time Mm -hmm. because, because records weren't really kept. Yeah, well, yeah, especially I think, they, I think they got it down to like two years. I think they said either twenty or twenty-one. So they, yeah, so at she's least in that, area. that close to you know, yeah. So she was all she was almost fifty at this point, and she snagged a guy twenty years younger than her. And they adopted <laughs> a child. Yes. In her this this is one of the most like 
the craziest thing. When she was in her 70s, she opened an old age home for former slaves and an infirmary that offered free health care for anyone, black or white. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just who she was. Like, we can't get that shit now. And this is the turn of the century. So she's in her, she, she passed away on March 10th, 1913. So she was in her 90s. They, they, 90s yeah, you, you know what's weird about that? Um, when you talk about that second marriage, um, there was something, I think it might have been um, an audio book that I picked up about her maybe a year ago. Um, but it was kind of a, um, you know, biographic. But one of the things that got to in those later chapters, I guess, you know, with her being so selfless and freeing the slaves and the Civil War service, it was like one of her regrets is like it, it was way later in life where she actually, you know, found, you know, love. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a tragedy in a way, you know? It's wow. Yeah, you know, you think of somebody who's done so much, but you know what? Mm-hmm. You know, it, well, she spent a lot of years like feeling lonely after she left and ran away and left the first husband. You know what I'm saying? So it's like she didn't even have time to, you know, to, it's wild. Have, you know, it's, it has another dimension. Just I will, to her, I will know, look character. at it like this: she didn't find romantic love until it was time for her to settle down. But I guarantee you that there was a lot of love sent her way. You know, from every single. Person. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of love, yeah, yeah, but not the romantic, yeah, right. Yeah. Not the romantic love, but there was, there was definitely love for her, right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, even up until her death, you know, she had joined the women's suffrage movement and was fighting. She was just constantly fighting for somebody's rights. She was even mm-hmm. working with Lincoln's uh, Secretary of State, whose name I totally bl- am blanking on, but she was working with Lincoln's Secretary of State. And they, uh, it was him and there was somebody else. They gave her a home and like seven acres of land, which again, even after the war was unheard of that mm-hmm. there was a, not only a black landowner, but a black woman landowner. Like she had a house, she had a barn and she built all kinds of other stuff on her property for other people to live in. Um, one thing I found I found fascinating. It's like a fun little fact. She loved strawberries. And so afterwards, when, um, when, you know, after she passed, they were, you know, they were going through the property. They found strawberry seeds everywhere, all over the property. (laughs) She just, she loved strawberry seeds and she had a set of fine blue and white china, which a lot of people were surprised about that, like, that's not in her personality to, like, like the finer things for lack of a better term mm-hmm. like that was just like but it's like you deserve it I was After everything you it. did you <laughs> deserve this like don't mm-hmm. don't at all feel so bad the Harriet Tubman as a character has been uh she's appeared somewhat in in our media and entertainment media and whatnot. Um, She was uh, featured in, so Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure actually became a 
an animated series for a couple of years and she was involved in an episode. Oh, she was on the animated one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think it was like, it was, um, I'm trying to, I remember seeing it and I'm trying to, I was, I, I think Dracula was also on that episode. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you know, it's weird. Yeah. You know how they, I mean, they were, they were time traveling. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there, I believe there's another character, uh, from history involved in that episode as well, but I know it was Harriet Tubman. Um, you know, obviously we mentioned that Octavia Spencer portrayed her in that episode of Drunk History. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, you remembered that they actually alluded to her in Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln Vampire, Vampire Hunter. Hunter. Yes, mm-hmm. they uh, they used her in a major plot point. I mean, she was in there, you know, and she was... They, they, I was like, who was she? Harriet Tubman's va- uh, zombie slayer? <laughs> but they, well, they used the her. thing that's interesting about that is that you said that there's actually a comic book that I donated to. I'm still waiting on my book, but uh, there's a Harriet Tubman demon slayer comic book. <laughs> you know, someone really? put Yes. That is <laughs> super crazy. cool. But um, I also saw recently, maybe I think about two years ago, there was a um, WGN started a series called Underground and uh, it was kind of about slavery in those times and, um, you know, slaves working on this um, plantation, trying to, you know, run away. They were making it working toward a master plan. And I believe in the second season, um, her character was introduced on there. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and she was badass, really popular, um, kind of, um, researched, um, some interest in this show. But unfortunately, uh, it got canceled. I think WGN just said it was costing them too much money to produce, the, you know, the period piece. But um, but yeah, they put her in there. Um, and she was just badass. You know, she comes up, at, interacts with the characters on the show, and I guess she's trying to help some of them escape. But uh, it's it's wild. <laughs> no, she's popping up like that. I did. Uh, there was there was one thing. It's it's uh, it's not quite Harriet Tubman, but there was uh. I play a lot of Fallout 4. Corey, I don't know if you played that. but No, I haven't played it, but I'm, I'm aware of it. <laughs> like I said, the, I don't get to play a lot, but but I know what's up. <laughs> one of the main factions you can side with is actually called the Railroad, and because this mm-hmm. game takes place in Boston, like you actually have to follow the Freedom Trail in order to find them. You have to, uh, you have to uh, go to the Old North Church where, you know, again, if you – didn't go to school around here. The Old North Church is where they hung the lanterns to signal mm-hmm. Paul Revere, you know, one if by land, two if by sea. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, that's, the Old North Church is, you know, they're, they're, uh, that's where the, the railroad is, is headquartered and their, their sigil is a, a, a lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and their job is to take the synthetic people and, ferry them out of the commonwealth you know so it's very similar to the underground railroad of you know the civil war time but i was gonna uh ask you we didn't get a chance to see the movie uh about her that just came out uh but you did and Mm -hmm. so after doing your research and you know learning uh you know building on the foundation that you already had with your knowledge of harriet tubman Mm -hmm. did you find that this was um overly sensationalized or did they like was it an accurate depiction of, yeah, of, did of they, who did she they, was well they kind of followed um the factual aspects you know those elements are in there you know her origin and how she escaped it even has the the husband um you know there's a scene with him and you know she comes back to get him but i mean that's kind of why i had sympathy for the guy i don't think i'm doing a spoiler because it's known um but um you know, he didn't want to go back with her. You know what I'm saying? He had remarried. She's been gone a year. And um, 
And he said he presumed she was dead. A lot of them did. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the people thought she was dead. You know, they just never saw from her again until she started popping up. And I think that's why the um Moses, you know what I'm saying? That became a nickname. And a lot of people didn't connect Moses and Harriet. It was just like, well, there's a figure out there called Moses that's stealing our slaves. Yeah, the black <laughs> you know what I'm Moses. saying? Like they that's didn't they know it her. was you know, our Minty, Minta, you know what I'm saying? They didn't know it was Minty coming back to actually freedom. So um, that's pretty crazy right there. Um, But just to speak on something else, you know, how pop culture has, um, you know, um, depicted, you know, Harriet's um, legacy. Um, There's a rapper, Rod Digger. Um, She rhymed with uh, Buster Rhymes, Defunct, Flipmo Squad. And if you want to dig a little deeper, she was in a group called The Outsiders, which is the first time most of us heard Eminem. Eminem was an outsider at one point. And, um, and she put out an album. Her debut album was actually called Dirty Harriet, you know, in homage to Harriet Tubman. It's crazy. I think I've, I've heard the, of that album. I'm not familiar with it, but I, I think I recall. Did it come out in like the mid 90s? Um, it was uh 2000, so okay, that so. was that was probably the end of the 2000s. That's when Buster Rhymes kind of had a resurgence and he was doing those really weird, colorful Hype Williams videos. Mm. And you know, because he was successful, you know, as the rappers do, they bring on their crew, <laughs> you know, they give them get them deals and music. And Rod Digger, you know, sprung out of that, but um, but yeah, Harriet Tubman just endures in pop culture, she's definitely um. You know, dope. And um, I kind of wish I would see more, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, um, I think before this um, last picture we got, we had a film, um, a made-for-TV movie called A Woman Called Moses. Um, and that starred Cicely Tyson. And um, if you're curious, I think that's on um, Amazon Prime. You could uh, rent it through there. But um, I was going through it, and um, the production value is not the greatest. It's made-for-TV. But even that kind of does a great job of depicting her historical you know her history i mean it touches on the major events um the newer film actually skips over the head injury they talk about it you know what i'm saying but the uh, cicely tyson version actually shows you that scene and it's kind of like like wow i mean it's, it's kind of really badly done but you see the you know the the film trying to you know follow her real life as close as it can you know it even talks about her um you know after her freedom doing work in boston you know with these giving speeches you know in front of abolitionists and um you know helping other you know railroad conductors you know develop more routes and figure out how to get more people in and out so um it's pretty accurate in that regard you know see i was gonna i was gonna ask about uh whether or not they showed the the uh, head injury in in the new movie and i I can I can kind of understand why they wouldn't show that, mm-hmm. uh, partly because she said after she had the head injury, um, you know, she kept getting visions from God, and that's what drove her to... Well, that's the thing, too, because when you think about his... her, there's an era of mysticism. Yes. <laughs> In a well, way, yeah, you know, spirituality. She was, just she like, was very religious and very spiritual, and that's why all of those... Um, a lot of these songs that are, uh, or, or hymns, what have you, that are uh, attributed to her, yeah, like like um, a symbol of that time. You know, we were actually talking about this off air that you know a lot of us sang those songs in like 
uh, kids, co- you know, like elementary. Oh, we did earlier. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, we had great conversations before. <laughs> the, um, well, we've been going for a, a little. We've over been two going hours. for a while too, but we had like really great conversations before we started recording. So everything's mm-hmm. just kind of meshing together at one, you know, melding together at this point. Um, but but yeah, those those hymns, those songs that were sung, uh, you know she wrote some of them and a lot of them are attributed to, you know, because of, of her spirituality and, and and that's ultimately why they call her the Moses. Well, no, the the reason I was saying, I I hope they didn't show is because, you know, especially nowadays, if someone's like, well, I did what I did because God told me to. Like, if someone told you, well, that, that's the thing how about would you? But, but I mean, like, um, but it, but being a period piece, though, right? Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, still, it's different. There's a different tone to it versus now. Well, um, th- that has been um, some controversy with the new film because they don't, um, you know, show the injury, but the effects of our injury are there. I mean, because um, you know, you know, if you know anything about her, um, you know. Like after the injury, she got the sleep disorder, mm-hmm. but then she also, you know, claimed to have started um, getting visions from God and talking to God. And, you know, during these spells where she was out, you know what I'm saying? Or she would just fall into a trance at times, you know, when she was out there alone. And I don't know, you know, maybe this is an example of someone who fully believed. I mean, it says she was, you know, her method is upbringing. She was a very religious. So maybe, you know, these are her feats, but they were also boosted by the fact that in her mind, she thought she was put here for a higher power and purpose. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the most religious, but I also feel like sometimes that belief can motivate people to do great things. You know what I'm saying? It all depends on how you tap into it. And I think she was one of these people that was tapping into it. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I completely agree with, agree with you. You know, she was saying yeah. that God told her to you know, do this specific thing. And, you know, ultimately she, she did a lot of the right things mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, who but, can but to your point? Um, I think that's where the controversy lies with these depictions, because I, I can understand people don't want it to be thought that, you know, these visions are what did it, you know, what did the heavy lifting? Nah, right. these things might've motivated her, but she still, her five foot self her had own. to climb through that terrain, navigate those swamps, you know, duck from these well, people, I mean, regardless pull of these things off. You know? Yeah. I mean, like God can tell you to do something, but it's your own willpower that actually drives that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's still you that did that one thing. So right. I don't think it takes away from anything that she yeah. does. I mean, that's a know? slippery slope. Slow, but I, I understand. But, but for me personally, I think it just makes it even more grander in the scheme of things, man. I mean, are you guys familiar with the Nat Turner story? No. Well, see, Nat Turner was a guy that um kind of um caused a lot of ruckus, you know, in the South at the time. He was a slave who actually um staged a small revolt. They, I think, they went through several plantations, killed everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. And they yes. kept just okay. taking yes. on other people with them. And one of the, the um things with uh, with him. It said that he had a a fucking sunstroke one day working in the field, and then he started getting um, visions from God, and God told him to just rise up and kill everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and it's just I don't know. Part of me um just thinks that just adds to these people's myths and just the you know the you know their their legend <laughs> in a way. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah, I I, I get I get your. Uh... I get where you're coming with that. You know, it adds to the 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 air of their mm-hmm. their their aura of mystery. But 
anytime somebody throughout history is like, well, God told me to kill this person, it's like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that uh, that not only does he not want you to kill people, but I'm pretty sure in his top ten list, there's uh, one one of those is don't kill people. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. see, but think about think about that though. If I mean, you're a, her, if you're um, if you're oh my bad. Well, like if if you're Harriet Tubman, just think about that, and you're just doing this, and you just feel like nothing's going to touch you because <laughs> you know this thing that I believe in says I'm going to be all right. Oh yeah, you're and really we're just, emboldened by it. Yeah, and maybe and like maybe there's some this maybe it's a little bit of this and that. That you know lead us to to be talking about Harriet Tubman, you know what I'm saying? All these years later, still like it's no, I crazy. get you. That, I mean, <laughs> that makes sense. Like you know, her faith and her belief. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, but you know, I have faith, and you know, God told me I can do this, so I know I can do it. Well, and it's and something she overcomes. Yeah, like it's it's something that's very. Um prevalent during this time period you know Mm -hmm. during the 1800s early 1900s uh you know christianity was running rampant but it also you know it led to a lot of great people doing great things in the name of christianity so yeah yeah but also i'm thinking like this head injury like we don't even know the effects of that maybe this was something negative that she actually turned into a positive maybe there right. was a little bit of damage or a little you know like or you know maybe, it's hard to say like it's just it's another maybe this obstacle head, she had to overcome right but maybe yeah. also this head injury is what gave her the courage to actually do what she did maybe if she yeah. hadn't sustained the injury she would have had those hesitations versus you know well I already went through this I already have mm-hmm. this what do i have to lose let well, me try to get these people to safety it's like the yeah, uh it's, wow the, the, the people <laughs> like the guy that was in free solo who is like lacking like a specific part of his brain or the people that have like specific mm-hmm. brain injuries that are like oh well i have no inhibitions now so you know right because like, I like lost well, yeah, yeah i think that's, that's what i was trying to yeah. allude to maybe something yeah, like yeah, that happened maybe the you know it fundamentally it, it changed her hit her in si- yeah it time. hit her in such a uh, a particular way that mm-hmm. it quieted that center of her brain that says you know this is wrong be f- afraid of this don't I mean, do it, this i think it took some time because that happened when she was 13 but she didn't mm-hmm. escape yeah. until she was 24 25 mm-hmm. in that range so it took some time but we also don't know i right. mean because, like there's because not a lot of history of aren't what happened know, during yeah. that well, and, yeah. and um, you know record keeping wasn't great to begin with during that time and especially yeah. when it came slaves. to the slaves because they just you know they, they yeah I, I think that's a good point too to bring up just in general discussion of her and probably other historical figures in the future like a lot of what we a lot of this stuff is kind of made in or it's inferred or, or they're just um, using context to come to conclusions about our life. Be, you know, like you said, record keeping was just like, wow, you know, it's not like um now where we record everything, you know, everything's out there. And, right. um, we could follow things or follow people's lives way more easily. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. So, I mean, we have no idea how many seizures she had, you know, mm-hmm. how they affected her. Did she have or, a seizure and fall off a, or a, any, a loft in, right, in, a, in a barn? Right. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we, don't, we don't know her medical history. How abused was she? Yeah, yeah. A lot of, you know? a lot of factors. Like, like, even that, like, I'm kind of um, clouded about 
you know, one of the things I really wonder is like what made her finally decide to leave? I mean, I think there was something going on, but I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I yeah, guess what was um, the precipitating some event? of the things I read say it was, you know, the family was getting separated and, you know, and I, but I don't, I'm not sure exactly what is it that pushed I her I think over maybe the edge. her mom had died at that point. No, mm-hmm. I think um, because I, I read somewhere, I think she went on to actually care for both of her parents. Mm. All right, see, I'm, I'm trying to. Um, yeah, I think I think she came back and freed them, but um, but yeah, there's a lot of gray stuff, you know, when you look mm-hmm. at you know someone's history like this. Like we probably know more about, um, like if this was the, we were doing a show about Bill Clinton, we could probably tell you what he was doing in college. You know what classes he took. We could tell you, know? you yeah, <laughs> we could tell you what he ate for dinner last week. You well, know, and that's, and that's the problem with the inundation of uh, information that we have now. Mm-hmm. It's you know, if more people knew about this and, like, what she did, like, because I guarantee you, you walk out, you know, take a stroll into, you know, downtown D.C. or into Boston and talk to 10 people. Mm-hmm. 10 people, if you said, uh, do you know the name, you know, Kim Kardashian, 10 out of 10 people are going to know. But if you said, do you know who Araminta Ross is? Mm-hmm. Nobody would have a fucking clue. Just like, does she uh, make the flag? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the Ross family, oh, right? You know, yeah. you know who Minty yeah. Ross is? Yeah, she uh, invented that uh, trident gum there. Yeah, Orbitz. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and it's sad because this is... I mean, just, just from what I know of her, like, um, and just, you know, the things I've, you know, indulged in, you know, different media and stuff, Um, the story definitely feels like it's one of those, Um, it's a story that's just a composite, you know, of all this little bits and pieces and you know there's some fact in there. there's a little bit of fiction and a lot of stuff in between you know but uh but the major stuff like um you know you could probably you know like the military service that's probably way more um accurate you know accurately documented oh yeah and, you know the raid on the ferry and things like that but there's a lot of stuff in between it's just like um i don't know you know well it's like with any any type of uh historical documentation or uh, not document any historical records that have to be passed down by word of mouth. It's like, oh man, did you see? You know, you know they were, you know, a thousand of them, and there was only fifty of us. And you know, mm-hmm. think of like the three hundred. Yeah. Like, oh, they had <laughs> these war elephants, and there was these, only five these, of us. Right, like these tall tales that are like, told. Yeah, it's like yes, there were three hundred of us, and there were five hundred of them, and we defeated them over a period of a couple days. But then it's like, oh, there was. 50,000 of them and it was only a couple of us and we just we held them off and made walls out of their bodies and you know all kinds of crazy shit like that you know like there's a there's a kernel of truth in the lie mm-hmm. but well I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this is uh, definitely one of our better uh, conversations that we've had and uh Corey, this was actually uh, your idea that you came up with um, when we joined you and Cornelius, because uh, we were saying, like, you know, we we have to really start getting into some some uh, historical figures because I've I've been saying that for like two years at this point that I want to start talking about. I mean, there's figures. a lot of them. You could definitely uh, do some content with that. You know, <laughs> definitely. And this a lot of this them. was a great place to start because. Not only because of the the film of just came out. Is. Not well. I was gonna say not only because of who she is, but I learned a lot. And you know, I'm I was, you know, rega- I was at my parents' house earlier this this evening, and I was talking. I was like, "Oh, did you know this and this and this?" Because I find mm-hmm. it 
fucking fascinating. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. At the same time, it's infuriating <laughs> that I never learned this until I watched fucking Drunk History. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't learn this in school. Um, yeah. And just to kind of kind of in closing they are supposed to be putting harriet tubman on the 20 dollar bill it's on hold right now right mm-hmm. right well yeah. i i didn't expect much to happen with this administration i, I was Anyways. looking forward to that just so i could be like yo let me hold a tub yeah. you know well i mean like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can i get can i get a bucket of tubs here um it yeah, definitely i think it's definitely a lot I mean, better <laughs> than the sacagawea golden dollars well i i mean this this in all fairness like the sacagawea golden dollar it was it was something and you know i'm i'm part native american so it was definitely appreciated in the community um but this would be huge but but Mm -hmm. this would be yes especially replacing andrew jackson yeah (laughs) is a piece of shit super Uh, hardcore loved his slaves it's like this would would be this would be the third civil war figure to be to grace our currency and it's the most but used piece of currency it would be because i mean there mm-hmm. is the um the special susan b anthony coins that came out as well I which believe, were again dollars yes um fucking dollar coins but yeah those <laughs> they're, they're they're useless but this would be the first person of color uh and, and female on the actual paper bills in our country mm-hmm. and I, i'm really looking forward to it so i'm hoping i mean obviously it was something that was started under the obama administration and, and yeah. has been sent from uh, what i've understand it's put on, on hold. hold and wouldn't even mm. go into effect until 2028 damn well <laughs> that's because dipshit thinks he's getting two terms it's got a fast track uh, yeah. that yeah like it should, it should uh, be. side note uh vote just in general Vote. Mm-hmm. It's important. A lot of people were out because uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. A lot of people were out uh, voting, voting all around. Uh, a lot of our friends have went local out elections today. and stuff, and that's super important as well. You know, local elections are important. Bigger, you know, national wide. Uh, Kentucky elections. just flipped a seat. I saw Kentucky and Virginia did as well. So from, yeah, you know, there are results coming out right now. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky yeah. flipped a seat so from uh, Republican to Democrat. That's governor. awesome. But uh, you know. Whatever you vote for, I mean, you know, it's important to vote and let your voice be heard, but, you know, definitely take the time and educate yourself on who, you know, uh, honestly, you know, educate yourself on what your platform is, what you believe in, and then vote appropriately. So, with that said. Yeah, well, uh, (laughs) we're going to take a a quick break. Corey, are you going to hang out with us a little while longer, or are you... Yeah, I'll hang out. I don't got All shit right. to do, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm up, man. All right, I'm so uh, we'll be right back after these messages then. Saturday and Sunday, November 16th and 17th at the Sheraton Hotel in Framingham, Massachusetts. It's Super Mega Fest, featuring the 40th reunion of the cast of The Warriors. WWE Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, John Connor from Terminator 2, Edward Furlong, and appearing Saturday only, Baywatch's Carmen Electra, as well as Who's the Boss star Tony Danson. Also in attendance will be Comic Book Art, the New England Horror Writers, Living Dead Press, Cosplayers, and more. 
For ticket information, guest availability, and the full schedule of events, including photo ops and panel discussions, go to NewEnglandSuperMegaFest.com for all the details. Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the WizKid. You know, a town without Best Darn Diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's WizKid, Richie the WizKid, and I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast. Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now, you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to Best Darn Diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly review show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. And we are back. Um, I hope you enjoyed that discussion. I know it ran a little long, but I think we uh, I think that was a really good discussion. And I think we got uh, a lot of educational stuff out there because there's Mm -hmm. again like this. I'm so glad we decided to do this. And Corey, thank you for uh, a putting the the thought into our heads and b joining us for this episode, because thanks for having me. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you're definitely welcome back. In the future, and you, know, you and say I that are going to chat. The women in history are fucking badass. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm yeah, just throwing it. It's just a comment, throwing out there. Like, like <laughs> women are just women are badass, but like women in history are are just beyond. Like, it's it's inspiring. Well, it's incredible. It makes me want to, you know, start a cult or something. I mean, well, we're gonna cult, we're gonna have but... to talk about uh, Boudica <laughs> and uh, Ching Shi. Uh, in the in the coming months, because those I think you're going to have a hell of a fun time uh, talking about, and we'll see if we can uh, get some of our uh, badass lady friends to join us and talk about these these folks. Because I know one person who would love to talk about Boudica if she has the time when she's not training. But um, we are we we have science and wine. We're not going to do a battle because you know. Uh, I feel like in the in in the in the, the spirit vein of, of the character, equality and fairness and freedom battles just don't really fit. Well, I mean, she did fight all the <laughs> she time. She did lead people I mean, like, into a battle, right? But, but, but what but, I'm saying is, we don't want to. But I don't want to pit, pit her, her up right. against someone else because I I I feel like you know we were talking about it and. We came to the de- the decision that 
uh, because we normally put our character into a battle, we are we are not going to put her up against anyone. We're not going to have someone vote for or against her because we know how badass she was. And mm-hmm. that's that. She won her her fucking battle. Yeah, she fought enough already. Yeah, so she won her battle, all of her battles. So, but our battle will be back next week. Yes. When we talk about, and it's very fitting for next week's character discussion. So definitely stay tuned. We're going to have a very oh, epic battle wait. next week, can't and uh, you you won't be sad that you missed the battle this week. What was the uh, last battle you guys had? Uh, we did. So it was called Kane. You dig it? It was the battle of the Kane Hodder characters because we did a slasher series for the month of October. So we had Kane Hodder as Victor Crowley from the Hatchet franchise versus uh, Kane Hodder as Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th franchise. Mm. And it was uh, set in the woods of Maryland that the Blair Witch Project was (laughs) set in. And uh, it was anything goes. It was the the stipulations were to the death question mark because God knows those they've characters both been never killed them already dead. Die. Oh, they've both been killed uh, well, several they, times. They're they're very much undead at this point. So, uh, so yeah. And uh, Jason Voorhees actually came out the winner. Like of it wasn't even close. I mean, some people voted for Victor Crowley, I and I was on the fence for the most part because each character, you know, could definitely hold its own against the other. Oh yeah, I feel like. Like it may have been very close to a stalemate, but I I went with Jason Voorhees. So uh, we have we have wine today. We what do kind have of, wine. What kind of wine are we talking well, about? Um, so it's not so much talking about wine as to uh, what you can do with leftover wine bottles. Ooh, because huh. I recently posted, it's, we're going to have like craft time with ashes for a couple minutes here, <laughs> so bear with me. Uh, I recently posted that I bought a bottle of wine specifically because the bottle was so fabulous. It was a Halloween edition of a wine, and it was super cute. The wine bottle has little pumpkins, jack-o'-lanterns, spiders, spider webs, it's little ghosts. It says Happy Halloween and trick-or-treat all over it. Super fucking cute. The wine was mediocre, and I, I mentioned that to you guys, which is why I'm not featuring it on today's mm-hmm. session, because it's just, I mean, I'm not going to recommend something I was kind of eh about. I mean, I drank it. <laughs> I mean, somebody it. else might like it. But I mean, yeah, it was, a, it was a Spumante, and if that's, I mean, there's really, uh, Spumantes are difficult because Spumante is just like Italian for sparkling wine. So mm-hmm. there's really no uh, stipulations to that, except for it just, it's a it's a wine that is sparkling. There's no specific grape that's used. I didn't even used. know that. <laughs> we'll see, so there you go. You learned something. Yeah. Bonus um, wine fact. So, you know, and there's a difference between a Spumante sparkling wine and a Prosecco and a Champagne. Um, You know, Prosecco is pretty much Champagne that isn't uh, made in the Champagne regions of France. Uh, And uh, sparkling wine is a different type of process from Prosecco. but anyways, I have this really cute bottle now. And I'm like, what the hell can I do with this super cute wine bottle? Because, you know, you just don't want to have a bottle hanging around. You want to do something with it. <laughs> so they make wine bottle lights. 
They're called fairy lights and they are freaking cute. And what's great is that these, it's a strand of LED lights that fit perfectly into the wine bottle and have a plastic cork on the end that actually has a battery in it and an on and off switch. So you put the cork into the wine bottle, you know, after putting the lights into the wine, wash the wine bottle first. I feel like I should, I, I should have to say that, but I feel like I, I'm just going to say that anyways to cover my bases. Make sure you wash your wine bottle and let it dry before you do any arts and crafts stuff to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just letting you know. Uh, but yeah, these fairy lights are perfect. And like I said, they're battery operated. So they're LED lights, a strand of lights. You stick it in the wine bottle. You put the cork in the way you would put any actual cork into the wine bottle. And it just sits there. And it's so perfect. And you turn the lights on. When you want them on, you can shut them off. They actually have different types of lights as well. So you can have the bright white lights, which have more of a bluish tint to them. You can have the soft white, which is more of like the the yellow uh, tint lights. And then they also have multicolored ones, which are just fun for like those clear bottles with like the swirls and stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, are super pretty that you just kind of want to display. And what's great is, like I said, they're battery operated And you have the opportunity to change the batteries when they die. So if you are interested in purchasing these lights, all you need to do is go to Amazon, type in wine bottle lights. You can get 10 strands for like $10.99 on Amazon Prime. I shit you not. They're like a dollar a light. And that way you can reuse all of the empty wine bottles that you have. Uh, You can save bottles that you think are cool and then put the lights on them and then put them on display use them instead of candles it's a great you know you have a power outage in the middle of winter you can turn on your little wine light night lights and and you're ready to go so yeah they're they're wine bottle fairy lights and it's a great way to display all of your really cool or if you're you do a lot of traveling and stuff too and you do a lot of drinking while you travel and you have empty bottles uh, it's a great way to display your empty bottles in a really cool and unique way yeah, yeah I just googled it. They actually look pretty cool. Like if right? you just put a couple on your bookshelf or something. Yeah, I like these. Well, we were at a, a wedding the weekend of Rock and Truck, and they had those at, as centerpieces. Right. I mean, they didn't have really cool looking bottles as it's as the bottle. Bottles. It was just it was just regular like kind of like that green glass tinted wine bottles, but it was still mm-hmm. really cool. And I was like, shit, that's what I can do because I have a lot of Halloween themed bottles or just really cool bottles. Like or, we have the one with the pumpkins. We have yeah. The, we have like the werewolf the wine. different sugar skull wines yep. you know or, yep. or we just have like wine bottles that you know mean something to us like we drank this wine on this day or whatever yeah, yeah. um you know so it's a great way to display the bottles and actually have them serve some purpose versus just take for for me taking up space on the top of my fridge right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is a, uh, a, a a science fact that if you have uh, listened to my rants about Ant-Man, you'll know how angry this makes me. But if you took out... Would that make you Rant-Man? Oh, good. <laughs> uh, that might... Actually, you know what? I'm writing that down as a t-shirt idea right now. Rant-Man. Rant-Man. <laughs> uh, 
There is trademark a... that quick before Marvel gets a hold of it. <laughs> yeah, right. Because in that movie, you know, he talks about how the shrinking technology works by shrinking the space between your atoms. Now, they got it wrong because if you were to take out all the empty space in our atoms, the entire human race, all seven plus billion of us, would fit inside the volume of a sugar cube, Mm. which is insane to think about maybe they're not taking out exactly all of the space they, I, <laughs> for, I for ant-man yeah because I, I he'd be oh god like you're trillions of atoms but atoms are so small mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but like he'd definitely be a lot smaller than mm-hmm. he was if i mean clearly they're not taking all of the space out but you know, it's like those toys that you, you, you would see at, like, the dentist or the doctor's office where it's, like, this little ball, but, like, you pull on the sides and it expands and there's all this empty space in between it. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what Ant-Man is. But that's my uh, my science fact. So, <laughs> Ashes, what do, we, what do we got coming up? We have, uh, in two days, I know we have the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival, and if you were really interested in knowing more about that check out this week's episode of shark bites because uh, i got a chance to sit down with our friend james lamont from it came from the 508 studios who is hosting this in conjunction with uh bmg events and they are premiering their film the box now we actually had the opportunity to watch the box uh, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I actually we watched it on Halloween. We did, and you guys, oh, you oh, guys, it's so good! You guys want to be there for this? If you can make it, it is ten dollars to enter, and you get ten films. Uh, yes, and uh, Alex Divincenzo from Broke Horror Vans going to be there with his. Uh, short film, The Misplaced. Yep. A bunch of other people are going to be there with their films. Uh, it came from the 508. Is also premiering Strawberry Lane. Yep. Uh, which we haven't seen. I keep seen. wanting to call it Strawberry Fields, but that's a Beatles song. Yeah. <laughs> n- 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 different. Different thing. Strawberry um, Lane forever. <laughs> yeah. Di- different. Um, yeah. And then it's the premiere of the box, which is crazy. You guys are not going to want to miss so this. Good. Along with, I believe there's going to be some music there as well. Yep. There's and it's at Platinum City Gaming, so there's going to be some arcade games so and in between you can you can uh you can play some games, you can You can challenge me to air hockey. Go I'm talk whip to whip your ass. Probably are, not, uh, but I love it. Bunch of vendors that are gonna be there. There's gonna be concessions like actual real concessions, like and, you can get food. And adult beverages. We're not so. we're not talking like, you know, you know, bags of chips that you get out of vending machine. Like there'll be an actual concession. You can stand get food. There. You can get drink. It's gonna be themed, a really horror themed drinks. Cool time. It's definitely a different take on what a film festival is, and I'm very. It's the first one, so I'm definitely interested to go and see how everything we have plays a table out. There. And yeah, we're gonna be there. We're gonna be broadcasting live. We're gonna be doing some interviews and doing stuff. Some live videos. For, 
for some future episodes. So yeah, it's going to be a fantastic time. So if you can make it, definitely come out. We'll be posting the information again. I'm sure we've already posted it at this point. And you heard the ad earlier. Yes. So definitely (laughs) come out for that. This weekend, it's going to be a great time. And check out the Shark Bites episode because we go into a lot of detail for that. Now, next weekend, November 16th and 17th, we are actually going to be at Super Mega Fest that is at the Sheridan in Framingham. We will be there along with the Dorkening Network. I believe we are going to have a really fun raffle going as well. So stay tuned for more information from that. Uh, But that's going to be really fun. It's the 40th anniversary of the Warriors. Yes, it's the 40th anniversary of the Warriors reunion. Um, and most of the Warriors are going to be there, which is really cool. Yes. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much everyone but James Ramar. I'm a little uh, bummed that James Ramar yeah, is not going to be there. Few more I mean, there's a couple of people too, but uh, yeah. Ra- the, the gentleman who played Rembrandt passed away many years ago. Um, Cowboy is not going to be there, but it will be uh, Swan Cochise, Cleon Snow, Fox. Vermin and Mercy. So I still have a few more spots on my poster that need to be filled in by some of those folks. So, yeah, so that's going to be a really good time. So if you're interested, definitely go to supermegafest.com. New England supermegafest.com. Yes. Uh, You heard the ad earlier today. And purchase your tickets. Like I said, we're going to be there. It's going to be a great time. We have VIP tickets for that. Will you stop cutting? No, I'm excited. Jesus Christ. There's also going to be some great vendors at that convention. There always is. So if you like to spend money, if you're a collector, it's definitely a great uh, convention to go to. Um, And also, December 6th, 7th, and 8th, we are going to be at Wicked Weekend. That is at Stafford Springs, Connecticut, at the Stafford Place Theater. Uh, There are so many guests lined up for that. Felissa Rose, Kane Hodder, Bill Mosley is going to be there, Michael Barriman, Linnea Quigley. It's going to be a crazy good time. Again, we are going to be there with the Dorkening Network. Uh, Linnea Quigley will be uh, for the first time. Yes, she is doing a photo op as trash from Return Return of the the Living Living Dead, Dead, which is crazy. Because if you've seen that film, you know how hot she is as trash. And Linnea Quigley is still a very fine-looking lady, so I cannot even imagine how that photo op is going to go down. Uh, That's very exciting. And there are some great panels that are also shaping out for that weekend as well. So it's definitely worth checking out. So if you are in the Connecticut area, you like some horror, you like some fun, check out Wicked Weekend. You're tired of of Christmas. Right? (laughs) Fuck Christmas. Go horror. Come to Wicked Weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. And what are we talking about next week on this show? Well, next week, we, uh, we actually we alluded to it a little bit. Next week, we are covering one of my all-time favorite films, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. That's right. We are talking about The Warriors next week. So we hope you will uh, come out to play yes. and listen <laughs> to our episode. Uh, it's going to be... It's going to be huge. It, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. There's a lot of things I want to say. I'm going to watch the movie a couple more times. 
See if I just, can get my dad couple. on as a, as a guest. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be fun. <laughs> see, let's see. If not, we can at least try to get a sound bite from your dad. Oh yeah, I'm sure we, we can. We can get a sound bite because I've I, I said this before. Like, I'm very excited to see how my dad reacts to meeting the cast of the Warriors. Because, I mean. You and I, we 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 meet movie stars all the time. So oh well, we, you know, you know it, it comes with the job. Yeah, and we've we've met the Warriors before. You know, a couple of years, 2016, I think we met uh, the cast. Yeah, but were you were you were a giggly little oh, schoolboy. Yeah, I was. <laughs> like this is one of the most important films of my childhood. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, something I'm excited for and looking forward to. And like I said, we already got. We got tickets for the VIP. It's going to be you and I and my mom and dad. So I'm astonished my mom wanted to do this too. But, hey, the more the merrier. It's going to be awesome. Um, so we want to thank you uh, for joining us again, Corey. Um, yes, thank you so much. This episode was amazing. It's probably <laughs> one of our best episodes ever. Yes. Hey, you're very welcome. And uh, thanks for having me once again. Uh, so where where can folks follow you on social media? Uh Give us a little um, bit more well, about your uh, your Corey, podcast. and you can find me at Monkey Blood on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the podcast at From Canopy, and um, we're on everything: Stitcher, uh, Podbean, um, iTunes. Um, what else are we on? Google Play. <laughs> Just type in uh, From the Canopy Podcast. We'll pop right up. And um, yeah, that's it. And we do everything, man. Like I said, uh, we got you know politics and all that stuff. Well, not really a lot of politics, but you know current events, more stuff like that. Then we got the movie massacre. Then we got cable killers, which is about streaming television. Then we got bars edition, which is uh the hip hop show, and we got Friday Night Mics, and that's about the greatest hip hop albums ever made. So there should be something in there for everybody, you know, and, um, expect more, uh, coming from us in the future. Uh, we're averaging probably maybe 15 to 20 shows a month, but you know, sometimes more, <laughs> but we're definitely going to have something for you, you know, whenever it's time to tune in. Excellent. Yeah. That's like, th- you know, four or five shows a week. So wow. yeah, yeah, we're probably impressive. averaging maybe three a week at least. Um, you know, cause, um, we've been at it. It's been, um, this is two years. So actually we're in our third year now. So we're probably five months into the third year. Um, I think, uh, the first episode came out in the June, but, um, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna stop. I mean, I like it. It's fun and, uh, it's a cool outlet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The channel, the energy and, oh, yeah. you know, you, get, you meet cool people. Absolutely, like Throwdown Thursday podcast. You know, yeah, like we got to we got to meet you got, through uh, Cornelius. So mm-hmm. you know, and we met him through Throwdown uh, Trick or Treat Radio. So like, it's just our 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 podcasting family just keeps expanding more and more. And uh, you and I are going to talk uh, off off uh, off air about uh, having you on one of my Star Wars shows for uh, mm-hmm. Shark Bites. Yeah, definitely. I'm here. I'm. <laughs> I love talking shit. So <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I know that's the thing about being a podcaster, right? It's like people are like, "Oh, do you like to talk?" It's like, "Do I like to talk?" <laughs> yeah, right. it's crazy. I feel like I get all that energy out on, on the mic now. You know, I'm not so you know vocal at work or whatever, but you know, it all depends on what mood you catch me in. But definitely on this mic, you know, I come to life and um. Love it. <laughs> I feel like I would do this even if no one was listening, you know. But we yeah. do have some listeners, and and that's cool. It keeps you motivated and to interact with people. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you. Yes, thank you so and, much. Uh, this was awesome. I think. With that being said, we, we will see you next Thursday. Thursday. Peace. <laughs>
to pick a new name to mark your freedom Paratum. Can you hear 